0: Hey fellow worshipers, welcome back to another episode of Lyric and Letter. This is Rebecca and I'm so thrilled to have you here with me today. Now in case you are new to the podcast, our mission here is simple. Go deep into worship songs, unravel the scriptures that resonate within them, and explore how these divine melodies tug at our hearts and souls. Now speaking of heart-tugging, have you ever felt so touched by a song? That you were left literally undone? I do. The song Gratitude by Brandon Lake did that for me. What I experienced during studying this song rocked me to my core, and I couldn't wait to share with each and every one of you. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen yet, Head over to our playlist at www.lyricandletter.com forward slash playlist and let your soul be stirred. So grab your favorite warm drink, find that cozy corner of your world, and let's journey heart to heart, diving into what makes this song a treasure. Okay, my friends, ready to go deep? Let's take a few minutes to dig into the first few lines of this amazing worship song. It says, all my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? Have you ever become speechless at the splendor of some type of beauty? It's like viewing the Switzerland mountains and realizing your camera will never capture what you see with your own eyes are looking up at the milky way in the dark of night and knowing that your eyes can only absorb a fraction of its beauty. It's moments like these that you realize words don't just fall short. They crumble. No combination of alphabets can capture the majesty of what we experience, especially when it comes to God's limitless grace and love. That is what this verse speaks of. And here's the thing. This sentiment isn't new. King David, a man after God's own heart, felt the exact same way. In Psalm 8, 3-4, he writes, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? David was not just a king, but a warrior, a poet, a musician. Yet even he was lost for words in the face of God's majesty. In Romans eleven thirty six, it says, For him and through him and to him Are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. You see, every awe inducing experience, every moment that leaves us speechless, comes from God. It goes through God and it ends up at God. Everything is wrapped up in Him. It reminds us that the complexities of the world, the galaxies, the cosmos, everything that overwhelms us can be brought back to one simple truth God deserves all our praise. As we move on to explore the rest of the song, I want you to carry this concept with you. Think about the times you felt small in the enormity of God's creation or the boundlessness of His love. Remember that sometimes the simplest expression of awe and gratitude are the most meaningful. Let's move forward to the next set of lyrics of the song. I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, but you never do. These lyrics tug at something so deeply rooted in our souls. How often have we raised our voices in song, perhaps enveloped by the warmth of congregational worship or maybe even the solitude of our car ride? We've all been there, haven't we? A moment when heaven seems to touch earth and we feel the spirit moving. But then everything comes to rest and silence fills the room. Does it ever make you wonder What now? Well, my friends, that's precisely what these lines draw attention to. Our earthly expressions have limitations. Our songs end. But God? God is boundless, infinite, and perpetual. Think back to King David's 24-7 worship in the tabernacle. This was revolutionary for its time, as it had never been done before. It echoed the eternal nature of God. We get another glimpse of this continuous worship in Revelations 4.8, where all of heaven proclaims without ceasing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come and that's the heart of it my friend each song we sing here is merely a glimpse of eternity it's our finite effort to reach out to an infinite god our truest most profound worship is a simple unending hallelujah sung or unsung that lives in our soul throughout all eternity Can you imagine the splendor of the Lord that is so overwhelming and awe-inspiring that we spend an eternity discovering and proclaiming it? As we immerse ourselves further in the chorus, something beautiful emerges. Have you ever received a gift so incredible that words don't seem enough? Like, you've run out of words and thank you doesn't seem powerful enough. The chorus begins with, so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a hallelujah. Sometimes that's all we got. A simple raising of hands, a single word of praise from the depths of our soul. That hallelujah becomes the humble offering of a heart that knows that it's been saved, healed, and loved beyond measure. Psalm 63.4 tells us, So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. I know many, myself included, that raise their hands in worship when we sing. The lifting of our hands is more than a mere gesture— It's an acknowledgement of surrender, a sign of vulnerability before our Almighty God. Like a child reaching their arms to their father to be picked up, it's a sign of intimacy between us and our Heavenly Father. Speaking of fathers, let's travel to another scene we know all too well. It's in Luke 15, 20-24 the prodigal son. Now imagine you are him. You left your father and your home, forsaking your heritage and traveled to distant lands, spending all that you had thinking it would fulfill you. In the long run, all those you thought were your friends abandoned you, and you ended up feeding the pigs that ate better than you. It is in that moment You remember the faces of love and comfort, and you set your mind to becoming a lowly servant in the place that you once called home. So you start your journey back. You've prepared a speech, one filled with apologies and pleas, but before you can utter a single word, your father runs to you, his robe flapping in the wind. You feel the shame lifting off your shoulders as your father embraces you. In that moment, Roman eight fifteen whispers to you: "The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Your status, just like that, changes from lost." have found, from slave to son. Can you feel the weight of that moment? There are no words. It's almost too intimate for language. This moment is a speechless, humbling second where a hallelujah bursts forth from a place so deep within, it's as if your soul itself cries out. Your whole being is flooded with love so profound that it defies human understanding. And like the third verse states so clearly, I've got one response. I've got just one move. With my arms outstretched, I will worship you. Wow. Hold on to that feeling for a moment. Take a deep breath because we are leaving this parable of the prodigal son for a moment and walking straight into a jail cell. Yep, you heard that correctly. We have been transported from the arms of our father that was welcoming us back home to be with Paul and Silas, shackled in a dark and uncomfortable Roman prison. Now, I know it's a vast contrast, but stay with me for a moment. Hold on to that hallelujah, my friend. They were there shackled, bruised, with their freedom stolen for sharing the good news with the people. But they had something that no chains could ever bind. Their faith and trust in the Most High God. In the middle of the night, they began to praise God. I can almost hear them singing the bridge in their hearts. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Now picture yourself in that jail cell from Acts 16, 25-26. Within the dark of night, your own soul starts to sing from the core of who you are, voice rising, soul soaring, until your praises become so palpable, so genuine, that God himself decides to inhabit your worship. Then visualize suddenly being transported to the throne room, standing among the heavenly hosts we spoke of earlier in Revelations 4, 8-11, each voice adding to an eternal majestic chorus that never ceases. You're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then, in that electrifying moment, the atmosphere around you changes. God, the creator, the sustainer, the finisher, envelops your praise. Suddenly, the very foundations of the jail shakes. Chains snap, iron bars swing wide, doors burst open. No, not by your doing, but because the God who created heaven and earth, who spun galaxies into existence, who shaped you and me, he is pleased and he is present. And his very presence ignites an undeniable, awe-striking, earth-shaking power. That earth-shaking power sets all the captives free in that jail. Not just Paul and Silas, but you and everyone else. Do you feel it now? That's not just an emotional high. That's the reality of a God who delights in authentic worship. The ground shakes, but it's God's presence causing the tremors, not our voices. It's utterly humbling, yet simultaneously empowering. See how I became undone by the message contained within this song? Okay, take a deep breath. Feel your feet on the ground and your heart beating in your chest. We've soared to the heavens. Now we're gently landing back on earth, forever changed. We've journeyed to David's awe in the tabernacle, felt the tug of the prodigal son's restoration, and experience the liberating worship of Paul and Silas. The power of worship portrayed in every verse, chorus, and bridge of this song has connected us to these timeless stories from the Word of God. Before we bring this emotional and spiritual journey to an end, I want to invite you into a moment of reflection. So feel free to pause this podcast grab a piece of paper, a journal, a pen, and answer the following questions. What has been your prodigal son moment where you've experienced God's boundless love and grace in an overwhelming way? How can your worship be a response to that moment? Can you relate to Paul and Silas's experience in prison? especially when singing the bridge, Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me? If so, write down a few words of how that moment made you feel. In what ways can you apply the overall message of the song that all we really have and all God really wants is a whole heart singing hallelujah, Take your time to reflect on these questions as we go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of heaven and earth, sustainer of our souls, we stand in awe of you. Our words fall short, our songs come to an end, but your majesty and love are everlasting you've shown us today that from the praise-filled words of king david to the prodigal's return and the unyielding faith of paul and silas you are there your spirit inhabits our praises and you bring freedom in the most unimaginable ways lord we ask that the truths we've explored today don't just stay here but penetrate our hearts and minds Help us to live out this hallelujah in our daily lives. From the mundane moments to the mountaintop experiences, may our lives be a continual song of praise to you, a song that never ends because your goodness never ceases. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you. In Jesus' magnificent and holy name we pray. Amen. Wow. Friends, thank you so much for joining me on this emotional and spiritual journey through this incredible song. I truly hope our time together has given you a deeper connection to these lyrics, and even more importantly, a richer understanding of the God we serve. Our worship becomes so much more meaningful when we understand the scriptural depths behind the words we're singing, don't you think? If you'd like to dive even deeper, I've created a devotional that corresponds with each episode. You can download it on my website at www.lyricandletter.com forward slash devotional. It's a wonderful resource to take what we've talked about today into a practical next level in our own personal study. And it's free. Keep an ear out for our next episode. It's going to be a special one because I've heard a rumor that my husband Charles might be joining us on Lyric and Letter next time. He's going to choose one of his favorite worship songs and we'll unpack that together. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Until next time, keep those hearts singing hallelujah. May you have a beautiful day in the Lord. God bless.